Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! Hey, everybody, and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Carty. Hi, Annie. Hi, Walt. Annie, what do we do on Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two uh, books, movies, TV shows, web series, stuff to watch or listen to. Floobie-doobers. Fandoms. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, and then mix them up and see which people would kiss and which people would fight and fun stuff like that. Yeah, we put them in a big uh, Nutribullet of of geekiness and yeah, we get uh, a delicious smoothie coming out Nutribullet, you can sponsor us if yeah, you'd like it's true this would be the easiest segue possible yeah right we're doing this new ad strategy where we just do the ad and then we send it and to the then, company and then and hope we get money and back hit, and hit them up actually yeah it's uh yeah it's like a protection racket oh totally <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure would be unfortunate if something bad happened to yeah, your Nutribullet. A nice little spike in sales you just got from uh-huh. our input. Uh, would be a shame if something happened to it. You know, you get them hooked and then jack up the price. Yeah. That's our strategy. Just like you get hooked on two fandoms that yep. we're talking about today. Two awesome fandoms. Uh, and we are continuing our Summer Sports Spectacular. Yeah. This is like the, um, the middle school, you know, sports like adventure mashup yeah of of my you know nine-year-old or my like 12 year old heart oh yay well yeah. there we go we're taking a deep tour into middle school annie's yeah i guess uh, one of them is is elementary school but yeah but it sticks it, it stays sticks with, with you, you. In yeah the middle school yeah and yeah. they're middle schoolers basically oh yeah or like early high school i don't even know it's very aspirational when yeah. you're in elementary school whatever they are they seem yes. ancient they were <laughs> they're 400 years old <laughs> Um, but who are these mystery people, the wizened elders that we speak of? Yes. Uh, what uh, what series and fandoms do they feature in? So today we are mashing up The Song of the Lioness by Tamara Pierce and The Mighty Ducks. Hey, yeah. we are the champions, my friends, no. but not until the second movie. We'll... No, they're champions. In yeah, the but they don't movie. sing it until the second movie. Don't they? No, they're all sitting around the campfire after the, the child Olympics. Um, I thought they, I thought in the Mighty Ducks movie, they at least do the, um, we will rock you part of it. Well, yeah, yeah, it's like you get the the prelude of Queen and then they they close that loop. Like it's like one of those metatextual things that you don't realize is happening. Yeah. It's so satisfying. Oh, so sad. They totally knew that when they were making the movies. Yeah. That's in the themes in ephemera in my my show notes. Freddie Mercury (laughs) and his effect on... 90s Disney sports films. Yeah. And all of us. In all general. of it. Like, seriously, if you are against Freddie Mercury, I am against you. Yeah. You need to stop listening to this podcast right now. Yeah. It's not for you. No. Freddie Mercury is for everyone. Yeah. He hovers over benevolently yeah. as we Aww. do. Our, I bet he would like this this podcast. Sure. Why not? <laughs> he seemed to like a lot of things. Yeah. He, he sure did enjoy things. <laughs> And this is a thing. QED, Freddie Mercury is our biggest fan. We can print that on our t-shirts. Aww. We're Mercury approved. 
Is that for lead for like mercury poisoning? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That maybe I misunderstood the inspector <laughs> yeah, when he was talking but, to yeah. me, but I took it to mean that Freddie Mercury liked what we were doing. I'm just gonna go with that. <laughs> yep, there it is. And he tells about the song of the lioness. So the the song of the lioness is a YA fantasy series by Tamara Pierce. Um, it consists of four books: Alana, the first adventure, In the Hand of the Goddess. The Woman Who Rides Like a Man, and Lioness Rampant. Um, and these were all published between 1983 and 1988. It seems a little bit like Demora Pierce kind of hit her titling stride on book two. Book one yeah. feels a little little bit It's It's obvious. fine. It's true. It's perfectly fine. I mean, it's a factual fine. statement. And I mean, it is her first I, adventure. I know they, they, are, they are officially the Song of the Lioness. I always think of them as the Alana books mm-hmm. because they star Alana. Exactly. Um, so the story follows young Alana of Trebund, who disguises herself as a boy in order to become a knight. Um, her In the first book, she changes places with her twin brother, Tom, who's being sent to the palace for knight training. So she pretends to be Alan, a young knight in training, um, while her brother goes off to learn magic at like a monastery or something. And does Tom not want to go? Is that part of it? Like, Tom doesn't she... want to be a knight. Yeah. yeah. So they're both riding, like they're riding off to their respective future and complaining about how they would rather be in the other place. And they do the sister-sister. Ah. Except it requires more than just, like, putting a hat on the other person. <laughs> See, I was going to I was gonna say they pull a Freaky Friday, but yours is actually more factory. factory yeah. Oh, yeah. None of them are parents yeah. here. No, they don't. And they don't get hit by lightning or no. however that happens. No, it, it's... They, I think in Freaky Friday, they just say, I wish I were you. And then the next morning, they wake up that way. Yeah, that's true. There's probably a lightning strike at some point during the evening. Someone dies. <laughs> they they actually were it's, both dead the whole it's time. All, it's a fever dream as their house burns down around <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah, the subtext. But you know, that's a subtext that I really think Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis carried off very subtly. And actually... And very it's, well. It's happening... With We Are the Champions playing softly oh, in the background. <laughs> because the Mighty Ducks are next door. <laughs> and it's very creepy. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, it really adds a whole harrowing layer to the story it when does. you watch the performance. But the per- it's there in the performances. It's supportive. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> talks about that in the... Um, behind the scenes Absolutely. interviews. <laughs> so this has gotten way off. So Alana and Tom are off to yep. their, their new so destinies. Alana is being Alan, young knight in training. Um, she learns about fighting. Um, she protects the crown and ultimately befriends her fellow knights as well as uh, Prince and to be King Jonathan George and George Cooper, King of the Thieves. I read that for a second as George Clooney. <laughs> George Clooney is the king, king of, of the, the thieves. thieves of my heart. Um, yeah, like that's and he has twins now, so this could happen to him. Oh, that's true. Watch out, George. Yeah, this is Freaky Friday, <laughs> and trust me, you want this. <laughs> yep, there is no third option. Um, so, um, Alana, the first adventure primarily deals with Alana's training and hiding her true identity. Um, in the hand of the goddess involves Alana learning how to use magic and uncovering a plot to steal the throne and ultimately um, dealing with her true identity being revealed. In The Woman Who Rides Like a Man, Alana has traveled to the desert to train among the Bazir tribe. It's fine. Yeah. Not the best of the books. Here. I feel like most fantasy series have like a two thirds of the way through installment, which is like the protagonist just going and training somewhere. Yeah, like or somewhere like, different. Yeah, traveling through the world and learning lessons. And it's always like interesting, but never it's, like thrilling. Yeah, you're like, wow, I sure did kind of enjoy being with these different characters that I don't really care about. 
Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, just, well, that that sure happened. Yeah, that sure happened. Um, And then Lioness Rampant ends the series with Alana journeying to find the Dominion Jewel, um, which is supposed to give, you know, great power and peace to the person who wields it, mm. and uh, returning to the palace to give uh, now King Jonathan the jewel, so to ensure his... Um, his rule amid a potential civil war. Oh, and she runs rampant while doing it. Yeah, she is just running rampant like, woo, all over the place. Lions, baby. Stealing pastries Rawr. off of trays, hitting stuff with her sword. Yeah. The bad guy stuff. Yeah, no. she's really careful about that. Yeah, and she only steals pastries from bad guys. Why pastries? Everybody likes pastries. That's what we've been watching the Great British Baking <laughs> Show and just finished the pastry episode. So. Yeah. And if I were a knight in training, I would run rampant through that tent. Let just me tell grabbing you. some amuse-bouche. Mm-hmm. Um, so characters in this series include Alana of Trepend and Allow. Um, she's a knight healer and hero of our story. She's smart and strong and can be impulsive and reactive, but is ultimately loyal to Turtle and the people she loves. Um, and Tortle is like the kingdom in which she exists. Yeah. And in hearing, like in you talking about these books, which uh, mm-hmm. has happened them, a lot. <laughs> yeah. It, it happens from time to time. I mean, it sounds like she is very much a protagonist who doesn't just have the like, I'm clumsy protagonist trait of like a lot of a lot of adventure fiction of like, it's not just that she's really good at everything. And then she has a sort of nominal trait that is like, oh, complicating. Like, but I am also. Yeah. Like, I'm really pretty and smart and great. But oh, I'm so clumsy. Or oh, I think I you're just thinking of understand. romantic comedies. A little bit. But I mean, there's a little bit of it in Twilight, I think. Yeah, but that's uh, a different thing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's, I guess I love that into fantasy, but it's a different. It's a it's different a, kind of fantasy. It's not high fantasy. Yeah, like, and Alana is definitely like she's she's going to do night work. She, that is like, true. It, I think if you're clumsy, you're like, I really should not be <laughs> holding true. a battle axe. That is actually a pretty disastrous flaw. Yeah, for you, and like I don't, I I think of that as more of a romantic comedy trope yeah. than like it's it's literally just Twilight. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, so other characters, um, Prince Jonathan of Conte is the Prince of Tortle, um, and he is smart and devoted to his people. He and Alana have a romantic relationship at one point, but ultimately decide that they can't give each other what the other one wants or needs and are way better off as knight and ruler and friends. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, like. It's like mature decision making about a relationship. Yeah, and like, I'll talk about this later, but it's like love triangle in, in YA that like really makes sense mm-hmm. and is handled really well um there's George Cooper king of the thieves not George Clooney um he is although you know like George Clooney he is clever and funny and major swoon fast I was gonna say I'm, I'm looking at these descriptors and I'm not <laughs> seeing a lot of difference no he's just George Clooney I think you've aged out of this role I'm sorry yeah that's he had his chance you had your chance um so George and Alana ultimately end up together. George is the other side of this love triangle. Mm, got it. Um, and like he and he and Jonathan, like are also kind of friends and like work together in various ways because Jonathan wants to know what's going on in the city, and George yeah. has his ear to the ground. You got to have connections. Yeah. Um, there's Sir Miles of Allow, who is a scholar at the palace and ends up as a kind of father figure for Alana, whose own father seriously sucks, um, and ultimately wills his estate to her. Oh, I know, so good. Um, there are fellow knights Gareth, Gary of Naxon the Younger, and Raoul of Golden Lake. <laughs> Gary the Knight. Gary the Knight. <laughs> Hello, I'm Gary. I come to rescue you from a dragon. My parents are dentists. <laughs> They've done very well for themselves. <laughs> um, there's Coram, Alana's loyal bodyguard and servant. 
Um, there's Duke Roger of Conte, who's Jonathan's cousin, and who's trying to steal the throne and lead a revolution against Jonathan. Oh, no. I know, right? Um, there's Alex of Tyrigan and Rowlan of Malvin, That's who right. are like... Good, solid fantasy Yeah, good, there. solid fantasy bad guy names. Yeah, Tyrigan um, and Rowlan. Yeah, and they're just like real bad guy knights who Alana ultimately has to take out. Oh, man. Is yeah. this while she's running rampant? I think mostly, yeah. Yeah. Um... There's uh, Thayet Gian uh, Willema of, um, of, and Slash of Conte, because she's a princess of a neighboring kingdom who eventually marries Jonathan. Um, and she is just thoughtful and compassionate and like a, and ends up being like a real great ruler. Awesome. Um, there's um, Buriam, who is Thayet's servant slash bodyguard. Um, I feel like I've seen all these words in print so long, and I like never have had to say them Buriram? out loud. Buriram. He has, Buriram. He has the, the two R's like enraptoring a, a an I. Yeah, but I just That's like word, right? I That's... keep looking, and I'm like, oh yeah, I know these words a lot, and then I'm like, I've never had to physically say them. I so. just invented a word. Enraptoring. Enraptoring. It's when you surround it's something with raptors. raptors. Yeah, and they're just <laughs> but lovingly clever girl. Oh my. Uh, and there's Faithful, Alana's magical talking cat, because of course, there it is. we definitely need a magical talking cat. <laughs> um, Faithful was given to Alana by the goddess Ooh. of the hand of the goddess. So there's ah. like magical, like realms crossing. Coming in, planar, yeah. planar lore. Exactly. And like what the gods are doing awesome. with the people. So did middle school Annie know there was a talking cat before she read the books? No, that wow. uh, Faithful only shows up in the second book. Oh, man. Yeah. And by that point, I was real deep into Sailor Moon, so I was very into talking cats. Mm, I was going to say, that's like the best surprise ever for it loyal readers. fantastic. It's like, hey, you made it through one book of setup. Now here's what we now all came here to see. Now here's a reward. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we keep reading, kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, some themes. I am ge- about feminism and gender, obviously. Um, Alana has to hide her gender to train as a knight. Um, even though she works really hard and ends up as one of the best, she is not able to train as a woman. And like her reveal of being a woman is like a big deal for the palace. Yeah. Um, so it's not even like, oh, no, that's fine. She, even though she's proven herself. Even though she's obviously proven like herself. People deal. are like for real shocked. Yeah. Um, and sex and sexuality is also a big theme. Um, the book deals or the books deal with sexuality in a really healthy and frank way. As Alana has sex with multiple people and the books don't shame her for it. Um, she even gets her period and gets fantasy contraception. That's awesome. Yeah. Like it was it was really interesting reading it as like a young girl and like Alana gets her period and she like has to go, you know, get something to like yeah. help her help her she for, has with her, her are, periods. Are you, are you there, goddess? It's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That would be another great crossover. Yeah, seriously. Uh, friendship and loyalty is a big theme here. Um, Alana is deeply loyal to her loved ones and her crown. And meanwhile, friends like Jonathan, Raul, and Gareth fight for her and care about her, no matter whether she's Alana or Alan. Uh, and displacement and family is a big theme in kind of connection. Um, there's a great kind of found family thread here. Like Alana's father is cold and unloving, and Alana loves her brother, but he makes some real big mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people she gathers around her are ultimately her family. And similarly, Thayet finds that she cannot go back to her kingdom, which I think is because of like political turmoil. But it's been a while, so I can't remember specifically. Um, but she's welcome in Tortal and really makes her home there. And again, becomes like a real great ruler for these people. Yeah, it seems like a solid thread of like people being able to choose their own yeah. destiny and family. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. And, and what matters is who you choose to become and the people you choose to surround yourself with. Totally. 
um, is Gary is Gary Gareth uh, the king of the no George George, sorry, George yeah uh, aware that Alana is Alana or does he think that she is Alan I think as he, well? He finds out pretty early in the book series. I'm pretty sure it's like partway through the f- first book that he finds out, and then mm. Jonathan finds out at the end of the first book. Got it? Because he and Alana are on a, you know some kind of adventure, mm-hmm. and. It ends up being revealed that she's she's a girl. Sure. Um, George Clooney's fast on the uptake. Yeah. You know, he's and a sharp he's, cookie. Yeah, that's true. He's like, you can be on my Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Well, he has to keep team. up with his wife, who's brilliant. Oh, that's true. I feel like, you know, if I'm going to cast um, Fayette, I would cast um, uh, Amal. Amal. Clooney? Yeah. Yeah. Like, because she, it's like, you're so smart and beautiful. That's exactly who I see. Yeah. There Nailed is. it. Yeah. Boom. All right, so, great. We're already doing this movie. Let's yeah, make this happen. exactly. George, you can't be in it, but you can finance yeah, it. Yeah, whatever. So, <laughs> I'm all just give us all your brains and beauty. Yes, please. Um, so, some things I like and I think other people will like. Um, there's fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. I love all these words. Okay, that is the Princess Bride, but it fully <laughs> applies here, too. It's got Yay. all the fantasy fun you could ask for. And speaking of fantasy fun, it basically defined a lot of YA fantasy. Um, so if you like that kind of thing, this is a cornerstone of the genre. Like mm-hmm. looking back at the, or looking at the at the research for the show notes, I was like real surprised to see that this was written and published in the 80s. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, I just assumed that they were written and published in like the 90s, early 2000s, because that's when I heard about them. Sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, they were they've been around for a while. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like the 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 nature of the storyline seems to match up a lot with the Pertain Chronicles by Lloyd Alexander. Oh, yeah. really? Um, I thought those were older. Um, they are, but I think it's like there there was like I th- I think these are the two earliest series that I've seen that follow this kind of a template as opposed mm-hmm. to like the Lord of the Rings template. Oh yeah, the the um, big expansive. Yeah, the sort of like buildings Roman style. Yeah. Like let's focus on one character and have them build like like grow into a role yeah. uh, in the world. And then also the Pretend Chronicles have a book where Taryn just wanders around for a while oh, and meets people. There you go. It's just do those follow his perspective pretty closely or is it like lord of the rings where it's like no they're almost entirely attached okay yeah um and then he gets he sort of assembles a group of people around and i think by the last book it starts going off in some different ones but it's almost all and i think that's that's i think my perception of a lot of um why fantasy versus like fat fantasy for adults like high fantasy kind of yeah because i mean i guess i think like you can still have high fantasy and like epic fantasy i guess or but i think it's just target audience it's not like like because it used to like i would still classify this as high fantasy yeah that's true um and i guess yeah it's it's very ya and then it's like it's a it's it's more focused a young person going out in the world and discovering the larger world around yeah without lots of perspective changes to different characters and lots of Adult characters yawn, right? <laughs> and even like, yeah, in the Lord of the Rings, you get a lot of people like telling the hobbits about what the world is. Yeah. It's not like they're discovering it all. Yeah. Um, and not as much like, let's have lengthy descriptions of the history of the sword and who the people How many who... elf songs are there? I think that, that those are all in the, um, on the CD. Oh, I- the, the, the companion album. Yeah, the companion album. <laughs> now that's big. what I call Song of the Lioness. <laughs> now that's what I call Elf Song. <laughs> yeah, now that's what I call Elf Song. <laughs> oh, man, I bet I bet J.R.R. Tolkien would totally do Have a compilation that. album of Elf Songs. Oh, my gosh, if only. 
Oh, he probably would have released it if if media had been more where it is now. He yeah. would have a YouTube channel. Oh, totally. Full of L songs right now. That would be really cute. Like he could have like his own flute accompanying. Aww. Yeah, there probably are dozens of YouTube channels out there I mean, of people performing oh, his elf songs. Yeah, because I think it's like people performing all the songs in Shakespeare. Yeah, It's exactly. like you can do 9,000 different versions of them. Yeah, it's historical. Yeah, it's so totally serious. You're doing archaeology and anthropology. That's yeah. what it's doing. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> but yeah, I think that this feels like a very singular style of fantasy. Yeah, and like you can really see its effects on other Y fantasy that's come since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of why fantasy, um, this was also great for girls who were looking to see themselves in fantasy at the time. Like I didn't read a ton of high fantasy as a teen because it was a lot of guys going on long walks. Heck yeah. Um, and I read the, the sort of Shannara when I was like 12 and there was one female character for a hot second and that was it. And I was like, okay, well that was nice. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, but it's a real issue. I mean, I, I, my entire fantasy and sci-fi Education came because I went to an all boys middle school and there was a big library full of books that were like for boys. And I love sci-fi and fantasy and I'm only recently coming around to like trying to fill in all the gaps of representation that yeah. are in my fantasy knowledge because I, you know, I've read all the ones you're supposed to read, but they're, I mean, like, quote unquote, supposed to read, but there's all these other amazing works out there yeah. that didn't make it into the boys middle school library. Right. And like something like this, I, I feel like. I mean, I went to a school that had been all boys until more recently as to when I went there. So the, the curriculum was still very boy targeted. Um, and for me, like YA was a place that I found women's stories. Yeah. Um, so something like this, like even though it's like there's a magical cat, it's still a a powerful text for a young female reader. Yeah. And as someone who every morning when walking to school, if I saw a stray cat, would have a moment of thinking it was going to give me a quest. Yeah. Like, I would be, I, I would love to, be have, on that. to yeah. have had a book with a talking cat in it. Right. That would have been awesome. Yeah. More talking cats and more women. Yeah. Ladies yeah. with talking Not cats. Not in that order. Maybe <laughs> the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Um. So, I guess speaking of male-dominated. Things that could use more women yeah, and talking cats, things. frankly. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for that to pop up in the crossover. Yeah, oh, it's happening. Um, hey, let's talk about the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Um, hey, 90s kids. <laughs> Remember this one? Quack um, Attack is back, Jack. Oh, man. You've been keeping that one in the chamber this whole time, haven't you? <laughs> uh, so the Mighty Ducks um, continues our sports movie summer with uh, the 1992 Hallmark uh, Disney. Well, it's not a Hallmark. It's a hallmark of the genre of Disney kids sports comedies uh, that pretty much epitomizes the many, many, many kids sports comedies of that era. Um, yeah. Much like Alana, the first adventure, the Mighty Ducks is also the first installment of an ultimately epic and world-shaking trilogy. Um I mean, it was pretty yeah. world-shaking if you were, like, nine years old at the time. It And it had world-shaking repercussions in that there is now a hockey team called the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, like, you can be a professional hockey player and be a Mighty Duck. Yeah, these movies reshaped the world in their image, is what I'm saying. There's a lot of power there. And, I mean, I know that hockey existed before the Mighty Ducks, but as someone who, you know, didn't grow up with a lot of sporting... For me, this was hockey. This was like the introduction to what hockey was. Oh, yeah. I doubt that there are many kids Mm -hmm. who grew up in the 90s and did not at some point try to shoot a knuckle puck. 
Oh um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Spoiler alert: does not work. Not oh, a, not no. an effective way to shoot a puck. Oh. Um, yeah, there's a lot of questionable strategy in this film, but but there's a lot of heart and a lot of ducks, a lot of gumption, a lot of ducks, a lot of quacking. Um, so, basic synopsis of the Mighty Ducks: uh, the film follows Gordon Bombay, played by Emilio Estevez. That's who, a name, isn't fun, it? Gordon fun fact, Bombay. <laughs> fun fact: Emilio Estevez was younger than we are now when he made this movie because Wait, he was thirty. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. He seemed He seemed ancient, so old. Like such an adult. He was, well, I mean, he wore those leather gloves and that long, yeah. like, wool coat. He's so. very mature. Very mature. Well, he is a hotshot defense attorney who's never lost a case, but his tactics because are abrasive and unorthodox. Because he's 30. He's unorthodox. had, what, two yeah. cases? No, he's had 30, apparently. They actually have a count in the movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. But he's, they, they have a 30, he has a 30 case winning streak, which is a problem uh, when he's busted for driving under the influence of alcohol. Quick reminder, <laughs> this is a movie made for children, <laughs> and already we have a lot of focus put on how many cases a lawyer has won, and then he gets pulled over for DUI. <laughs> I feel like this is a real dark look into the future for kids. It's mm-hmm. like this is who you could be. Yeah, I feel like this is like the um the Scrooge ghost of Christmas yet to come for children. <laughs> it's like you too could go to law school and get a DUI. Yeah, and wouldn't that be a nightmare? Yeah, or you could join a hockey team. Yeah, well, because if you get that DUI, you, like Bombay, will be sentenced to community service and have to serve as the coach of the local peewee hockey like, team. Okay, so you got a DUI. You're not going to be the coach for the Let's look. put this guy in charge like, of a lot he, of kids. He has not gotten <laughs> oh, his Corey. Oh, hey, here's our um, team full of kids. Up, like, By the way, this particular team is woefully underfunded, so you're probably going to have to drive them to all their games. <laughs> this is the perfect the perfect plan. Uh, oh, totally. Yeah. Um, you should not be around children, Gordon Bombay. No. The team is very, very bad. They don't even have a name. They're just called District 5. Um, District 9. They're yeah, all they, aliens. Yeah, it gets very dark. Um, Bombay... Uh, this irks Bombay because he used to be a hockey whiz kid, but quit after blowing a championship penalty shot because he was mourning for the death of his father. Again, this is a movie for kids. <laughs> no, there are a lot of dead parents in movies for kids. Oh, yeah. But this I distinctly remember watching this movie in the theaters and being very confused by the plot point that Bombay had grown up playing on the same team as the evil coach in this movie. Like, that he had had the same yeah. coach. I think because I thought, like, but he's an adult. That coach would be dead by now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But obviously that coach was older. Oh, yeah. No, it totally. Like, he was it, probably 30 looking when. Looking back, it's not that hard of a plot wrinkle to follow. No. But as a, like, 10-year-old, uh, not even, as, no, a, as like an 8-year-old, yeah. I could not follow this twist of logic Really? At all. Yeah, I was very confused by wow. it. Wow. Baby Walt was not the brightest and fastest on the uptake. That's okay, baby Walt. Yeah, but you know. Uh, Also not quick on the uptake is Gordon Bombay because he keeps trying to just kind of count off time with this terrible team. Um, Their first opponent is the upper crust, well-resourced team, the Hawks, which is the team that Bombay played for when his dad died and he bombed out on the the penalty shot. Again, Walt was very confused in 1992. There could possibly be, still even be a hockey team. Yeah, how is that coach still around? How is he still walking around? He must be so old. It, maybe it's like a um, weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> the whole hockey team is just just, just propping, propping him, up. him up. And weirdly, he's still super mean to everybody. 
<laughs> well, they got to keep the charade going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Hawks mop the floor with the team, uh, which gets Bombay mad. Uh, he yells at all of them. But then he reconnects with his old mentor who runs an equipment shop. and A, a hockey equipment shop. Hockey equipment shop. Yeah, very, very important. Yeah. Um, and reminds him that he used to love hockey, but he quit it because his coach was a jerk. And that maybe if he is not a jerk, his team will actually enjoy playing hockey. So he stops being a jerk and starts being supportive. And the team gets better. Um, he also gets them a sponsorship deal with his law firm boss, and they become the Ducks because his law firm boss's last name is Duckworth, which is fantastic. Yeah. It's like your Scrooge McDuck, basically. Right. It's perfect, yeah, for a lawyer. Um, so they get a title and jerseys and all kinds of good stuff, including new good players. Um, they have some fancy new players, a duo of ice skating siblings, and a big enforcer slapshot guy who's tough. Um, also, one of the ice skating duo, Danny Tamborelli from Pete and Pete. Found that on Wikipedia today. Blew my mind. Yeah. I feel like I, I remember him in a lot of kids stuff. So I feel yeah. I think I knew that. It, like I recognized him. But of all the things to cast him as, figure skater oh, does not come no. to mind. Although he's little. He's a little guy. He's scrappy. But he's kind of stocky. And like he's not somebody who I picture being fast, on, like light on his feet. True. I don't know. He didn't do a lot of athletic things on Pete and Pete. He did a lot of staying up all night. Oh, and... no. But like if you're... Like a young male figure skater. Yeah. Like, you can be a little stocky. Yeah, absolutely. You can be stronger. Yeah. He's doing the lifts. Well, Very no. helpful in hockey. I mean, I think they were both Oh, right. So- They're both solos. just figure, skater, yeah. figure skaters. Well, you can be a figure skater and do pairs, but I think they were both single. Ah. Because they were, like, his sister was, was taller, like, like a head taller than he was. Oh, so that would not have worked. Man. I have some thoughts about figure skating. Seriously, the finger skating in and out, ins and outs of the Mighty Ducks yeah. have eluded me to this point. So I'm glad that, that we do this podcast together. Exactly. Um, Bombay also starts mentoring Charlie, played by everybody's favorite, Joshua Jackson. L- literally everybody's favorite. Yeah. I mean, how can you not love him? He's fantastic. If you didn't love him on Dawson's Creek, love him for Fringe. And you yeah. would be happy either way. And, or or you can love him for... That video he did where he went to Comic-Con as Pacey Con. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, Joshua Jackson, I love that you can laugh at yourself. Yeah, he's a delight. Um, he is one of the original members of the team. He has a lot of potential and a hot mom because it's a kid's... In like a 90s way. Yeah, it's a kid's movie in the 90s. So the adult protagonist has to have a hot mom to get together with. Um, who is the mother of the kid that he's mentoring. Yeah. Um, That's just a a crucial part of this. Um, After a lot of negotiation around the eligibility rules of minor league hockey, which, again, kids just love to watch in their films. um, Oh, yeah. I love to hear all about um, redistricting. Yeah, interdistrict politicking and all of that stuff. Um, The Ducks also gain Adam Banks. He is a former Hawks player. He's super duper good, but takes a little while to integrate. Um, he's very conflicted because he decided to be on the Ducks instead of the Hawks, but they are not the most welcoming to him. But, you know, he's cool. He, he eventually gets to be friends with them all. Yeah, he's and, a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy at heart. And they go to the championship uh, and they play against the Hawks because well, it's, of course. it's this movie. Um, so will the Ducks mm-hmm. triumph over the Hawks? Will Charlie wind up in the same situation that Bombay was at the end at a penalty shot and triumph due to Bombay's supportive coaching as opposed to mean coaching? Will Danny Tamborelli stick around for the sequels? The answer to one of these questions is no, but the other ones is yes. Guess which uh, one? Yeah, that, write in and let us know. Um, so yeah, uh, big rousting finale. Um, one Queen song, but they're holding off on We Are the Champions yeah, well, until they the, can. The rights are only going to allow them to use one Queen song per movie. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we don't I, go I crazy here. Can't. It's been a while since I've seen the third movie, 
but I assume that they use Bohemian Rhapsody somewhere in there. Oh, absolutely. Or like Don't Stop Me Now. That's true. <laughs> that would be a more reasonable Killer one. Queen. Killer Queen. Yeah. Um, the, Fat Bottom the, Girls. Yeah, there we go. I was going to say I like big butts and I cannot lie. I'm like, no, that's a different butt song. No, it was, it was the the text of I, I like yes. big butts and I cannot lie. I wonder if there is an earlier or butt song. Or Baby Got Back, I guess. Yeah, like... Like, what is the history of butt songs? I guarantee you there is a Renaissance era I'm song I'm sure. About butts. Like, and it probably is a I feel like, joke like an, they were all like up an, in there. Like an old English song about butts. Oh, yeah. I mean, Chaucer probably had that in his back pocket, yeah. Chaucer will. definitely had opinions about butts. <laughs> also, nice pun. Thank you. <laughs> um, so the characters in The Mighty Ducks, uh, we got Coach Bombay, Emilio Estevez, Learning to Love, um, Charlie Conway, played by Joshua Jackson, Pacey, uh, learning, so cute. learning the ice skating skills that he will need to survive during the long winters to come on Dawson's Creek. Um, you've got- Which, like, okay, let's just say, to pop in for a moment, Dawson's Creek set in Massachusetts, they have snow like once. Yeah. Instead of like throughout Yeah, it May. was this weird tropical paradise. Yeah, it felt like they were like living actually, in the Florida wetlands Well, yeah, it's actually like um, filmed in North Outside Car- of Atlanta, like or South or Carolina or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's anyway. like an, it's a Nicholas Sparks novel trying to be a Dennis Lehane novel. <laughs> That's a great crossover. Yeah. We should do that oh my at some God. point. The Nicholas Sparks characters would get murdered so fast. I know. <laughs> I would love it. But then they come back as ghosts and like yeah. help connect. Help the Bostonians with, reconnect yeah, with their Yeah, with their old past. loves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Man, crossovers within crossovers. Exactly. Um, you got Goldberg, the goalie, played by Sean Weiss. He farts a lot. There's always one of those kids in these movies. Um Connie he Mar- probably has like gluten allergy or something. Yeah, like, it's just undiagnosed. Yeah, at this point. right. Like no one knew that back then. He's never feeling great. Oh. Um, you've got Connie Moreau, played by Marguerite Moreau, later of Wet Hot American Summer, as Annie pointed out. Yeah, she's so cute. Mm-hmm. I'm like absurdly proud of her. Yeah. Oh, she's done great. Yeah. Um, she is nicknamed the Velvet Hammer. Um, her character's last name is probably the same as the actress's last name because she was only given a first name in the script because she doesn't get a whole lot to do other than be the girl. In the movie. Um, and then in the second movie, she gets a boyfriend. Because, you so. know, the girl. Yeah, you got to have character development. Um, there's Averman, played by Matt Doherty. He's the snarky joke up one with glasses. Uh, Guy Germain, Garrett Ratliff Henson. Good actor name. Also good character name, Guy Germain. Um, he's fine. He's yeah, like, he's the guy. Yeah, he's the, the, the default setting of the Mighty Ducks, if you will. Um, Fulton he's, Reed. He's medium duck. He's, <laughs> he's Yeah, he's medium rare duck. Um <laughs> Although he's not rare at all. He's very no. common. There's yeah. nothing rare about no. him. Uh, there's Fulton Reed, played by Eldon Hansen. He's the enforcer. He's got a wicked slap shot. In D2, he will become one of the Bash brothers. Oh, so good. He's, he's just a Bash bro, I guess, in this one. Um, then sometime between uh, the end of D3 and the release of The Hunger Games Mockingjay, he gets his tongue cut out and joins a malicious yeah. squad. I like to think that it's the same character. I feel like it would be, though. Like, that's what would happen if um, Fulton Reed were in um, Pan Am. Yeah. He would be. A, he would. He would lip off to somebody. He would really, mouth off to somebody. I was really about to say if Fulton Reed were in Panera. In Panera, he would get his tongue cut out. What kind of Paneras are you going to? Oh my god! It's real dark. Wow. He can't even taste the pastry. Uh, no. Their whole thing is bread. Yep. Yeah. It's him and Goldberg. That's, I can't eat any of it. That's a bad bake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh. Um, 
You've got Hans, the sage-like, wise old equipment shop owner who mentors Bombay. Uh, on the other side of the spectrum, you've got Jack Riley, the evil coach, played by Lane Smith. Um, and then you've got Tommy and Tammy Duncan, the figure skaters, one of whom is played by Danny Tamborelli. They don't make it into D2. They, no, they, they end up sticking with figure skating. Yeah, they, they decided where their strengths lied yeah. was not in getting checked a lot and, and hit very hard. Plus, they like sequins. Yeah, who doesn't like sequins? Absolutely. Um, themes and fun stuff. The themes of this film, teamwork makes the dream work. Uh, don't drink a drive or you'll have to lead a bunch of scrappy kids in a quixotic journey that unearths long buried grief over your dead yeah. father. Uh, um, and kind of tied to teamwork, also not like verbally abusing children makes the yeah, dream work. Yeah, maybe don't yell at kids yeah, a like, lot. Yeah, don't, like don't be really bad to right. children who are just on a sports team. Yeah, don't be a bad father figure. Be a good father figure yeah. or mother figure or yeah. whatever figure. Yeah, parent figure. All the Disney movies taught us in the 90s is that every kid is looking for a figure of some kind to yeah, look up to and learn from. Yeah, because they have some parent who's not there. Yeah, so be the good one. Um, never give up on your dreams, even if you're probably too old to go try out to make it into the major league hockey league or into major league hockey, like Bombay does at the end of the Mighty Ducks. Seems a little, little hard. Well, no, did you say the beginning of D2 is like he's playing minor league and gets his leg hurt. Yeah. So it really does not work. No, it doesn't. Um, so yeah, he really takes a pay cut going from being high powered super attorney to I'm going to be on a minor league hockey team. I mean, he's high powered super attorney in like nowhere, Minnesota. Well, that's a good point. You know, like he's like one of four attorneys in their town. Yeah, but he's won thirty cases. That's the true. only thirty cases tried in that jurisdiction. Yeah, exactly. In the last year, other than his own DUI. Oh my gosh! Right, some other lawyers like yes, got one. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think the the fun stuff for this one, um, other than the nostalgia factor, um, it does. It's a total formula film, but it does the formula very well. Um, there is literally a Wikipedia breakdown of the the Mighty Ducks film series, and each one has a summary that is like Coach Gordon Bombay or whatever the one's name yeah. is in D three star play, or captain of the team uh, goalie, and then there is literally a slot for moral conscience because there's a different elderly sage figure in every film well no like, there's um it's i think always hans i don't think so i think he changes up depending on the film oh really yeah i'll have to look this up we'll... they just swap him in no uh, but i remember hans comes back maybe maybe he is supplanted maybe he's not the moral conscience by the end of it yeah uh okay in d2 no that it is someone named jan Probably oh, one of the no, Icelandic brother yeah oh it's hans's brother i think yeah maybe like the real hans like uh, died. Yeah. What about D three? No, no D three is Hans and Bombay together. Oh, okay. Jan so maybe Hans has was, died in the interim, I guess. Yeah. So maybe Hans was in Holland, where he came from. Uh, who knows? The, the point. The point is that this is a film that this is a film series where before every movie, the producers had to have a discussion about who the elderly sage figure was going yeah. to be, and like it's you know it hits its marks really well. And has a lot of fun in the meantime. Um, you know, there's a lot of slapstick, a lot of fart jokes, a lot of kid stuff, but um, relatable enough and memorable enough characters that it sticks with you 20 years later. If yeah, yeah, right. This is a movie that is a classic of 90s childhood. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we've got two classic childhood stories. Yeah. Uh, I would say YA oriented. Yeah, um, for, for youths. Yeah, for the youths. Um, <laughs> two youths. Two youths. And, and that is actually a, um, a relevant reference because Lane Smith was in My Cousin Vinny. Oh, that's right. He's the opposing lawyer. 
And you know, I would say, this is not an official recommendation, but I would say watch My Cousin Vinny if you like The Mighty Ducks. Yeah, totally. You'd probably like My Cousin Vinny. Yeah, right? Because I feel like, um, what's his name, Vinny? Yeah, Um, uh, I almost said Danny DeVito. Joe Pesci. (laughs) Joe Pesci. I feel like he could very easily play a youth hockey coach. Yes. Who like is, you know, comes to love the team or something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's Somebody got write that script. Curmudgeon with a heart of gold. Yeah. Um, but hey, enough beating around the bush. Let's cross some things over. Yeah. Um, thematically, I mean, there's teamwork. Yeah. And like hard work in general. Yeah. Um, underdog becoming overdog. Mm-hmm. Um, the nurture and care necessary to develop into who you are. Yeah. You um, and how support and, and love really actually make make you a better player or knight yeah, whatever absolutely. your goal is mm-hmm. um kind of underhanded trickery never really wins it's true unless it's a knuckle puck no that's not underhanded trickery that's true that's actually very blatant that's overhanded it takes a lot of time to set up yeah and it's, they can it's really see it coming obvious. <laughs> um is there ever a point where tamara throws something so hard alana? at a, alana Tamara Pierce. Tamara Pierce. I mean, I bet she could I, she could mess some people yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. But where Alana throws something so hard at an opposing knight that it dents his 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 helmet, because that would be an immediate thematic that's true. crossover. Yeah. I don't think so. I think she's more of a, a sword lady. Oh, that's fair too. Yeah. A sword is like a hockey stick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're slashing basically penalty. the same. Uh, Hi, That wasn't a joke. That was that. No. Uh, sure. Why not? All right. Cool. I th- I, I accept. Um, so yeah, I think like the thematic crossovers are the broad strokes. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, how about the physical crossover? How do these, how do these wind up collapsing into one another? So I'm going to recast, um, Minnesota into Tortle. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're going to go fantasy on the ducks. Uh huh. And I think that the, the ducks team is, um, they are also knights in training okay. as opposed to like normal kids. Sure. Um, but I think because, you know, it gets cold in Tortle. Like, sure. I know at least in um, one part of In the Hand of the Goddess, there's, like, they have to be out in winter tracking stuff and mm-hmm. fighting someone. Sure. Um, like you do. Like you do. And so, obviously, you would need some skills on the ice. That so, in addition to all your normal um, jousting Nightly and stuff. push-ups and all that stuff you do as night training, um, you have to do uh, some hockey training. Well, is it still and, hockey or is it like fantasy hockey? I think it's, I mean, it's mostly real hockey, but yeah. what what were you thinking in terms of fantasy hockey? I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like, what are the fantasy twists you can put onto it? Other like than horses? like horses? <laughs> then it's going into, into fantasy ice polo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some, some fantasy broken legs. Uh, yeah. I think you burn through horses pretty fast yeah, on right. that one. Ice polo did not take no. off. <laughs> the horses just did not like putting the skates on. No, it's true. And they really didn't quite get the physics of it. No. They more just panicked. That one pony just Snakes. nailed the triple axle. Oh, yeah. Oh, it you're going to have to edit that out. I cried. That's <laughs> ah, all right. We'll throw in the snakes again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like, you know, fantasy hockey, like maybe the sticks are different. Like they're playing with, um, I don't know, bent swords or something. Yeah. Just trying to magic it up a little bit. Okay. How can we how can we get some of that Quidditch mojo in here? Is what I'm I saying. I guess like I mean I think there there's more magic in later Tortle books, but okay. it's not it's not heavily magic. Okay. Um I mean there's the talking cat, but and like Alana has like a healing power and like right. you know, Tom raises. But it's not like everybody's magicking all over yeah, the place. Yeah, it's not like Harry Potter. Okay. Um So yeah. I'm gonna think on this. I think the puck yeah. needs to be something fantasy ish. I yeah. don't know. 
a glaive. Yeah. It's got blades on it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Things get intense on the hockey rink. That is true. I guess, yeah. I mean, maybe it's just more like um, uh, baseball versus um, cricket. Like just different stick looking Yeah, stick things. configuration. Anyway, we're getting into the real fineries of, yeah. of fantasy hockey versus normal hockey. Which is probably <laughs> and, not and we're making just talk about radio. Redistricting. <laughs> All the things the, the kids love. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh God. Now I see how it happened. <laughs> We've fallen into the trap. The duck trap. I apologize to you nineteen nineties screenwriters. It I didn't realize so fast. I didn't realize what was happening until it was too late. <laughs> Oh, we've, um, and we've become everything we ever exactly. Hated. So, hockey so, fantasy is hockey part league. of fantasy hockey league. Um, it's part of night training. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, then you obviously have to break the night train groups right in, in, into different teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, kind of leading into the all the games, um, evil coach Jack Riley would probably be working with. Um, Rod- Duke. Duke Roger, yeah, and like maybe trying to take out some of the other hockey players who yeah. could be on Jonathan's side. Right, like he's trying to recruit a he's, shadow. Yeah, army exactly. Or like, he's yeah. recruiting. Um, what are their names? Alex and Rowan. Mm-hmm. And I think you know you've got to get, recruit some folks from the wrong side of the tracks, i.e. the the thieves group. Yeah, you know. So George is getting involved, sending some of his ragamuffins up to night school. Because yeah, they've got, to, they've got to win the hockey. Yeah, game. they've um, and like they've got to you know be have their again have their ears to the the ice yeah. as you will in terms of what's going on in the palace. Totally. Can I actually, can I add <laughs> one wrinkle into this? Yeah. Which is I feel like I I like. I want to I want to add a little more '90s movie. Yeah, spin oh, into totally. This by by bringing some of that good good kid in King Arthur's court magic. Yeah, to Mighty Ducks are the, just the Mighty Ducks. They're on a bus ride to go to the newest little kid Olympics or wherever they yeah. go in D four. <laughs> <laughs> and and oh here we go and Bombay at this point Emilio Estevez really wants out of the franchise so Bombay is hitting the bottle again and oh, maybe falls no. asleep at the wheel oh god they, no, stick with me <laughs> stick with me here there's a redemption arc uh huh they go off a bridge and then yep. through a magical portal <laughs> yep. into known as DUIs DUI, and no, to their it, into a fro- in the river. No, into a frozen lake that's a magical portal uh-huh. into a fantasy realm of myth and magic where they uh-huh. also play a game that's very much like hockey. And so then they all start training to be knights okay. slash hockey players. Okay, I can see that. And depending on how Emilio Estevez's contract negotiation works out, he is either killed in the crash yep. <laughs> or he beats his alcohol problem mm-hmm. once again um, with the help of all of, the, uh, to, of, all of Alana's friends. Yep. Okay. Okay, I can I can be on. I that just really need ship. them to be on a magic bus. Yeah, sure, a magic school bus. <laughs> Thank you for Ms. making Miss Frizzle yeah. lost it one day. Oh man, yeah, she just went nuts. Yeah. Um, thank you for making that concession for no, me. No, I because it is like we are losing most of the '90s spin if we yeah. just recast. We gotta have some AU. wallet chains and some saggy pants and so. Oh yeah. yeah! Oh my gosh! All those just weird '90s fashions. Oh, here it is. Okay, so fantasy hockey is yeah. played just with a straight stick. 
And yeah. Then, and like cricket. And it's, yeah, and it's really hard and difficult. And then the Mighty Ducks show up and they're like, hey, we're going to put some sass into this. Yeah. Check this out. Crooked stick. That's what the, the French word for crooked stick is hockey. Really? That's what we play. Yeah. Oh, that's what I it didn't means. know that. Um, I, read so, that on, I read that on the internet eight years ago. So I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Yeah. So they come in and they start shaking up the fantasy hockey. Yeah. League, you know, they oh. may not be the best knights, but they can play fantasy hockey yeah. like nobody's business. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, and they Maybe they take the blades off the puck. Yeah, right? They're like, guys, we could also not die while yeah, doing maybe this. maybe if we don't die. And then Goldberg we'll... farts and everybody laughs. Oh, ho, ho. Oh, ho, ho, Goldberg. You can't eat bread here nope. either. <laughs> <laughs> your problems will go undiagnosed until adulthood. It's true, yeah. You're really not going to get I any help I feel like Goldberg is that guy who would like get real into CrossFit and oh, like God, give up yeah. all carbs entirely. Yeah, you see him at a high school reunion and he's just jacked. Yeah, but you're like, like you. Wow, you're yeah. a different person now. It's true, very different. You're he's, you're real sad because you haven't had bread in 16 years. No, he's a real estate agent now. Very unhappy. Yeah. Oh well. But in the meantime, we got this fantasy crossover going on. Uh, we've got the baseline of it. Do we want to play some games? Yeah, let's play some games. All right, cool. Um, what are we thinking about Kiss Your Faces? We finally got age appropriate. Yes. So we're just um, like I mean, I, the Alana books cover a, a wide range of ages like she goes from a child to adults that is true yeah so let's assume everybody's kind of a teenager yeah they're all on the same plane yeah um so yeah i think uh i mean prime primed for a romance coming out of the the mighty ducks um charlie actually doesn't he doesn't pair up with the girl i guess because because hot mom is already getting the romance in that family yeah you can only Uh, have one romance per family (laughs) true that is the abortion disney budget um so yeah i think charlie definitely needs somebody um, I think, uh, I mean, we, we have all agreed that Guy Germain is fine, but no more than that. So I kind of feel like Connie is on the market. Yeah. Oh, totally. So, you know, let's, let's find for the two, for the two of them, for our power couple on their magic bus. Uh, what fantasy, what fantasy kisses all are they right. having with their faces? So, um, I feel like, I mean, Alana already gets a lot of the guys mm-hmm. in, the books, but I feel like she and Charlie would connect a lot. But maybe they'd be more friends. Yeah, they're very competent. Yeah, they're and they're like they're the leaders of their groups. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so I am gonna say. Talk to me about Coram. Coram's older. Okay. Yeah, he's okay. like an older person. He's aged out. He's aged out. Sorry. Um, I was thinking actually Connie and Thayet. Ah. Like, all right. Like. Like yeah. real like. Cute They're both ladies and and, and both like, very much the outsiders in these. Yeah, situations. exactly. Being like, what am I doing here? Yeah, right. Like there's there's a lot of bananas going on. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, I, I can see that. And then I was also thinking, uh, Burium for um, Charlie. Oh yeah, because she's tough. I feel like he wants a tough girl. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Somebody. Yeah, that he can he can have a little hockey fight with. Yeah. Um, like yeah, just knock a couple teeth out, but it's yeah. cool because you're in love. No, yeah. that that came out weird. Never mind. They just roughhouse. Yeah. No, well, I'm thinking like someone who can like like stand, you know, stand yeah, up. stand up to him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, although, would she then be a better fit for Fulton Reed? Oh, that is true. Actually, yeah. let's do that. Yeah, I think that's that's a power couple right there. Um, um, and I mean, Charlie also does not have to be straight. Oh yeah, that's true. Maybe. Um, you know what? Raul's a little quiet. Oh. Maybe Charlie needs someone to talk to. Yeah, he's a thinker. Yeah. I like that. I can see that for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. How about, how about Coach Bombay, assuming he kicks his drinking habit yeah. <laughs> and doesn't die in the bus crash? Oh, man. Again, this is all going to come down to how many points on the contract. It's yeah. out of my hands. Oh, exactly. Um, oh, um, 
I think George has a mom, actually. <laughs> if George has a hot mom, then this is done. <laughs> yeah. Sold. Cut. Print. That's a wrap. Oh, Pay whatever we need to get Emilio Estevez in this movie because we have a hot mom. Hot fantasy mom. <laughs> hot fantasy mom. Disney's going to eat this I up. I am, like, pretty sure that he has. It's been, again, it's been a while. Dude, but... he does now. Yep. Yeah. There you go. And and she's she's in you know, she's in with the thieves and he's a very good lawyer. So, yeah, that's true. You know, he can get her acquitted of all sorts of kinds of things. Um yeah, any other ones jumping out? Um, in terms of romance. Yeah. Um not I, feel a like, lot. I feel like yeah. Goldberg and the talking cat form a very deep bond emotionally. Faithful's very serious. Oh. Well, maybe Faithful maybe Goldberg brings Faithful out of out of Faithful's shell a little his, bit. He's a he's a boy cat. Maybe maybe Goldberg pulls him out of his shell a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> You're very deeply unconvinced. I see. I'm thinking um, in terms of moral conscience. Uh-huh. We have um, Sir Miles of Allow. Right. I think and Faithful and Hans. Like they would oh. just team up and have lots of thoughtful conversations. Yeah, that's a total best buddies. Yeah, that's a total best buddies for sure. Um, I think Battle Dome. We've got. I mean, are there any are there any mighty ducks susceptible to being stolen over onto the bad side? I wonder. Um, so we've got um, the Danny Tamborelli skating twins. Oh my god! Not twins; they're brother and sister. But they they I mean they were looking for sports gold. That's true. Maybe they, that's why they don't show they're up. They're very D2. ambitious. Oh no! Yeah, they went evil. Yeah. I mean, I want to say that I couldn't see Danny Tamborelli going evil, but. I think he could get there. I think he could. Oh I think God. he's got that darkness in him. Oh yeah, that's a tragic twist of the knife right there. But I think I'm I'm on board for it for sure. Yeah. Um yeah, I think uh how about Averman? Nobody ever gives him his due. You know, maybe is he like is he susceptible to the to the the temptation to like go be the 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 cut up geeky guy on the other side other I side? Oh. I feel like I could see him wanting to be in the the Thieves Court. Oh yeah, no, yeah. He he yeah. He he's works with George. Smooth. He's not nearly smooth enough. No, but they let him in because. Why I, but not? I wonder. You know, he might be the kind of person who's not like sneaky thief, but he's mm-hmm. distractible. Like he's he a con can, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he good can at real exactly. Mm-hmm. He can real distract you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, he's totally in the thieves guild. Um, and there, you know what? There's um, there's Adam Banks. Yeah, and I feel like he has you know been susceptible to the kind of pressures that a um. A Coach Riley mm-hmm. will put on kids. That's true. He's been there. He's been there. So I feel like he could, like um, Duke Roger, who's very um, charismatic, could mm-hmm. try and sway him. Yeah. And, you know. And maybe that's like part of the contention. I don't think he winds up going for no, while. No, because I think inside he's a good kid. Yeah. And then in true Mighty Ducks fashion, uh, the bad guys injure him right before the climactic game. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He spends a lot of time getting injured. Because yeah. he's good. Because, yeah, everybody <laughs> wants to take him out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a solid we, – we've got the battle lines drawn yeah. pretty well. Um, any, star, any stars from Alana's world on the Mighty Ducks? Like, any, like anybody who's going to take to hockey really naturally? I feel like Alana's going to be – is she, like, the trainer? Like, if she's got this healing power – and is she, like, assistant coach? Like, is she, is she leading the team as oh, opposed yeah, to playing on the team? Oh, yeah, maybe she's – doing more planning yeah. on the team. Um yeah, and I think I, I think both Gary and Raul are like big guys. Yeah. So, so they could be like if not Bash enforcers. Brothers, yeah. But Bash like triplets. yeah. Oh, and they could be friends with um Fulton. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like they would they would like bring him on board to the, like the night training side and he would yeah. get he would actually be able to expend a lot of anger. He'd find a sense of purpose. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so yeah, I but I think like Jonathan would be like the like a good like assistant coach on. Yeah, that's true. Because he's like Bryce. he's a leader. Yeah, he has to be the leader. He doesn't get his hands dirty. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, which I guess is leading into into the best buddy side of things yeah. as well. I mean, I feel like it's all kind of one of a kind. When we're talking about sports, everybody's yeah, a best buddy. Everybody's sport. a best buddy. Um, yeah. um, any other pairings that are jumping out at you? Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about uh, Roger and Coach Riley. Yeah, they're um, definitely buddies and definitely evil buddies. Yeah, and yeah, I feel like just like the the moral conscience pair. Yeah, trio. they have like a shed off off of the rink somewhere, and they sit and and drink fantasy whiskey. And, yeah, or or whatever people drink in Holland or Iceland or yeah. where Hans and his brother mead. are from. Yeah, fantasy mead, fantasy which is mead. just mead. Yes, I guess. exactly. Um. <laughs> yeah, let me see if there are any other character again. Like that's a whole big bunch of series. Anybody that Gordon Bombay like really hang, other than George's hot mom, like really either connects with or fights with. Like what is the what is the friction point with him? Um, I feel like he and Jonathan would actually have a big friction point. Yeah, like Jonathan is very, like, like rule oriented, rigid. And, yeah, yeah, like he yeah, he's he knows that he's going to inherit the kingdom someday. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants to keep things orderly. And yeah. Bombay is not orderly. Bombay's here to shake things up. He is. <laughs> Specifically martinis, because he has a drinking problem. Oh. <laughs> wah, wah. Kids movie. Um, but yeah, I think I think maybe um, Gordon Bombay needs a little Sir Miles. Um, yeah. Wisdom. Wisdom as well. I, I want to so. say Sir Miles might also have a drinking problem. I feel like oh, he's Oh, man. That's he's not the kind of wisdom Bombay needs. No. <laughs> oh, no. So maybe maybe Hans needs to bring both of them Back down a little. Back from the brink. Yeah. Oh. I mean, again, this has been a while, but I was like, I feel like I remember Sir Miles being a little drunk. Hans really has his work cut out for him, which yeah, means right? he better call in his brother. <laughs> Hans and Jan. Hans and Jan. Attorneys at law. <laughs> oh my! And Mr. Duckworth. <laughs> yes, those are the other lawyers in yeah. small town Minnesota. So the real big question, though, yeah. is: is the climactic event a fantasy hockey game or a battle? I feel like it would be fantasy hockey game in which people have like knives and stuff. Yeah, like, the blades are like, going right back on that puck. Yeah, and and like it's the stakes like there are, are no red cards. No, no yeah, referees. No referees. No. Like, this is to the death, but also on... It's hockey. Hockey. <laughs> also, whoever has the also, most points at the end. It's blades on blades. You need to have more points and also be alive at the end. Yes. And then you win. It's Hunger Games. Yeah, basically. And we all know who's prepared for the Hunger Games. Yep, it's Fulton Reed. After going to Panera. Yeah, <laughs> that's where it all happens. Oh, poor Fulton. <laughs> Well, I feel good about this crossover. Yeah, I feel like we once again found a pretty it's, epic, epic spanning uh, sports contest. I feel like we really did just rewrite the, a kid in King Arthur's court. Yeah, but you know that movie was terrible, so I feel okay about yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, you know, waste of a good premise. Nobody's going to be winning anything with a with well, a disc. Like, man. was it worse than most of the other '90s movies? I. Look, Lil Walt Walt did not have a lot of taste. Yeah, (laughs) I distinctly remember watching King and King Arthur's Court and thinking, "This is bad." (laughs) (laughs) Oh God! This should not have been greenlit at all. This really strains credulity. Um, Yeah, he like wins with a disc man. 
it's it's he, bad. Like he uses a discman to get him out of multiple situations, yeah. including at the end when he uses it to shoot a laser into the evil knight's I eyes. I forgot about that. And, Actually, that made me really paranoid about lasers and discmen. It made me really mad because even as a kid at whatever age I was when that movie came out, I was like, that is not how discmen work. I have tried to shine my laser for my discman on things and it will not let you because there are safety catches in place to make sure the oh, lid is closed. Interesting. So unless he had a little Phillips screwdriver up in there. He was not shooting anybody with a laser. No, and I, he didn't seem quite like an engineer to me. No, he was not. Although he did build a bike. Yeah, that's true. Weird. What a bad movie. Yeah. This is better. This That's true. We have a much better movie and with more. death hockey. With, with death hockey and bus crash. It starts with the bus crash, ends with death hockey. Yep. This movie's going places. But oh, there's a man. hot mom in the middle, so Disney is on board. <laughs> Give us money, Crossover Disney. appeal episode 24, 25, hot mom in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> do not google that don't don't do it please oh don't hashtag it Just no run. nothing run move far, on with run your life fast and move on. why don't we move on to some recommendations yes um so i have a lot of recommendations for the song of the line it's true everybody strap in if you like the Alana books, you should read the rest of the Turtle books. Um, Tamara Pierce has a lot of stuff going on if you want to keep exploring Alana's world. Um, they are the Immortal series, which follows a young woman with wild magic, aka the ability to communicate with and shapeshift into animals. <gasps> There's a great, there, if you're a sorcerer in D&D, you get a wild magic table. Ooh. And it's if you roll, I think if you roll a one uh, when you're trying to cast a spell, you have to then roll a d100, and based on your percentages, some random thing happens. And it can be like, you turn blue, or you disappear for four hours. Oh, no. Or like, something magical manifests right in front of you or something. It's really fun. That's fun. Wild magic is cool. Uh, yeah, so you should read those. Done. Um, no, no. Well, d- doing. Doing. To do. On the list. To do. There it is. <laughs> That's the one. The future tense. Um. There's Protector of the Small, about the first openly female knight and turtle. And uh, there's The Daughter of the Lioness, which is about Alana and George's daughter, Allie, who wants to be a spy. And there's Provost Dog, which is a prequel series to The Song of the Lioness, about a 16-year-old guard in the capital city of Turtle. So is it sort of Discworldy, and that she's built this world out, and then she follows different threads, or is it still more of along a single line of narrative? It's more along of a single line. Like, um, she doesn't I, style jump as I much. remember in Protector of the Small, like um, uh, Gary shows up at some point. I think it's Gary. Maybe it's Raul. One of them shows up, and I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah but he's like older and then like in daughter of the lioness like alana and george are like parents got it um and and you know they're like in their 40s at that point so close to death according to young walt um so yeah so it's the style doesn't jump around as much no yeah and it's less kind of loosely linked as Mm. in the discworld series um where obviously you have connections throughout but these are much more like these all are existing in the same plane it's not like they're just cameoing in each other's yeah like it's pretty much like this is we're all in the same world just in different time frames cool um and if you want to check out some other classic YA fantasy series try ursula uh, k le guin's earthsea cycle um robin mckinley's damar series 
Monica Furlow's Duran series. Um, and these are, again, all kind of like real central mm-hmm. fantasy books in from like the, the 80s and 90s. Yeah. I'll throw the Predain Chronicles oh, in yeah, there. Oh, yeah, there you as go. A, it's a, not a female perspective, but uh, there are a couple okay female characters in it as yeah, sure. male-oriented some... fantasy goes. Mm-hmm. So there are a couple of ladies show up. Yeah, you know, they pop Maybe up. Maybe they talk to each other and have A little things. bit for the ladies. Nah, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, uh, Sorry. If they do, it's about, like, sewing or something. It's You know, I always feel like sewing gets a real bad rap in fantasy, fantasy. books. It's always nobody like, wants to sew. Nobody wants to sew. And, like, sewing's actually a really helpful skill because if you're out on the road and you're, Very you get cut with your shirt, like, you need to sew your shirt up. What are you going to do? Walk around with the whole You might need to sew your body up. Yeah, you really need to sew your body up. So, you know, I feel like we need some real fantasy in which sewing is seen as a practical art. Absolutely. Also, I used to make my own vests as a fourth grader. So you're there very you go. good at it. Yeah, I was real good at it. <laughs> oh boy, I'm so glad I do not have that anymore. Um, you could read the Scarlet series by A.C. Goggin, which is an apt- adaptation of the Robin Hood myth, casting Will Scarlet as a young woman. Um, and this doesn't come out until early next year, but Goggin's next series, The Elemente, is more high fantasy, whereas um, obviously Robin Hood is set in historical England. Um, and so the Elemente is like, again, more high fantasy, totally awesome read like for the Alana books. I have read the first two because I get to do that. Bragging. <laughs> Bragging on my writer friends. <laughs> um, so yeah, and they're fantastic. So keep an eye out for January 2018. Um, there's Serafina by Rachel Hartman about a young musician and a rising conflict between humans and dragons. There's the Books of Bayern by Shannon Hale. Um, the first one, The Goose Girl, is a fairy tale adaptation, but the rest of the series definitely veers more into the standard high fantasy um, and has that kind of balance of kind of magic and, you know, fantastic and lovable cast, um, all people learning lessons about their own power and capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Shadow and Bone series. Um, I feel like I've heard them just called the, the Grisha series by Lee Bardugo, um, which has a kind of Russian bent into a world of magicians and power. Um, there's the Midnight, Midnight Thief series by Livia Blackburn, um, which really feels like it could have taken place in George's Court of Thieves. Like it follows a, a young thief and has... Named Matt Damon. Really? Because George Clooney, Matt Damon. Because George is like George Clooney and then Matt, he and Matt Damon are friends. Where's Matt Damon come, coming? Because he's friends with George Clooney. And there's George Clooney, the but king like, of thieves. But like, why Matt Damon as opposed to? Oh, I don't know. I, just, any I, was, of I was looking for one of the George oh, okay. Clooney friends. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you were like <laughs> something about midnight or. No, just just wanted to just wanted to make a connection. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll just leave my joke over so here. So there's now. there are thieves and then wi- <laughs> giant wildcats. All right, that's cool. There we go. Um, and some books I haven't read but heard super good things about. Um, there's the Queen's Thief series by Megan Whalen Turner and the Graceling series by Kristen Cashore. And they're like, fantasy is real big in YA, mm-hmm. and there are a bunch of series. And like, I'm really bad at reading series, so I haven't read a lot of them. But if you like YA fantasy, there are many, many wonderful options, both in the high fantasy and kind of paranormal and all sorts yeah. of 
ways you can magic up your world. Yeah, it's a fun place to play. It's a super fun. And place. it's great because you get to engage with like a different world every time you read it. Like you always get to learn the and discover the rules of it. Oh and, yeah, like the characters. Yeah, it's a super fun genre. Mm-hmm. Um, for the for the Mighty Ducks, um, hey, why not run the series of the Mighty Ducks? Uh, it yeah. it gets a little over gimmicky in D two for my tastes, but uh, D three is pretty okay. Yeah, and um, like I mean, in D two, we all learned about Iceland. Yeah, exactly, and how and they Greenland. don't have ice. Yeah, and, but they do have evil hockey. They that's do for sure. Um, and Kid Olympics. Because um, that that was a thing. Yeah, it's a totally a thing. Um, or you can watch every Disney movie from the '90s because they're pretty much all the same. Uh, but some really good ones: uh, Cool Runnings, um, The Sandlot, Rookie of the Year. I actually think it's kind of questionable as a good one, but really? uh, yeah, I'll I get... loved Rookie of the Year. It's good. It's good. Um, it and it ha- it coined the phrase "funky butt lover." So also, I assume that that's how the Cubs won the World Series. Basically, yeah. That's, that's I mean, what I mean, that happened. was the essential narrative yeah. that was happening. Um, Angels in the Outfield was from Joseph Gordon-Levin Goodness and Christopher Lloyd, too. Um, yeah. And then there's a whole bunch of others, too. And Danny Glover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. And um, um, who's the boss? Who's um, Tony Danza? Tony Danza. <laughs> who's, who, I don't know. Who is? <laughs> oh, my. I bet he hears that on a daily basis. I bet. Oof. Um, and then there's plenty of other sports ones like the Big Green and Little Giants. And I think you and I spent like five minutes on the couch just rattling off sports movies from the 90s. Oh, yeah. Like. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. Um, if you want a non-sports movie but still Disney, you can watch Newsies. Yes. The rare one non-sports one. One of the greatest one. movies uh, of all time. It's got scrappy kids coming together just like the Mighty Ducks, but the added bonus of they sing because it's a musical. Yeah. It's um, awesome. And like, again, like all the kids have one basic personality thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. A few lines scattered throughout. Exactly. It's all you need. Yeah. Um, I'll throw Kindergarten Cop into the mix as well. Uh, it has a use of the hot mom trope that is so identical to the Mighty Ducks that I, the two of them actually blend together in my brain, like like plot points from one <laughs> or the other. Like, I can't remember which scenes were which when I try really? to think of the movies, which is like hard to do because Emilio Estevez yeah. and Arnold Schwarzenegger are Very not dead different. ringers for one no. another. Also, but kindergartners are not hockey players. No, but they've all just blended together. Um, I must have watched them close to one another. Um, you can also watch the original Bad News Bears, uh, which is the sort of more vulgar and nihilistic template off of which all of these movies were Man. built. I've never seen um, it, actually. It's fun. It's a very, like, it's a sev- it's a 70s movie, so it's more willing to have kids actually behaving badly like drinking beer and like oh, actually geez. swearing and stuff oh my god um, yeah it's fun um it they, is you're gonna get like brain damage kids it is very anarchic they're gonna wind up like that's bombay what, that's what happened to Emilio Westerbeck. that's exactly what happened he was on the bad news bears um <laughs> but yeah it's fun um and then if you want to class things up you can watch friday night lights if you like actual sports yeah uh because we cannot go more than a couple weeks without wrecking friday night lights um and then actually a movie that i haven't seen but i want to throw in here because i've been wanting to watch it for a while uh is the movie goon starring sean william scott um it's actually a movie about um, a guy becoming a hockey enforcer, and uh, oh. and it is it's a comedy, but from everything I've read, it is also fairly accurate and also willing to be a little more serious and like it's character driven. And Sean William Scott has a a weird sort of charisma when he's not just like being stifler. Uh, and being oh annoying. yeah, I was gonna be yeah. like, who is that guy? And it's like, oh yeah, that was you. Yeah, no, he's he's kind of I don't know. I think he's a better actor than he gets a chance to be often. And by all accounts, Goon is apparently a very good showcase for him. Nice. So uh, go check it out, and I will too, and then we can talk about it. 
But in the meantime, I think we've got a fantasy hockey game to get to. Yeah, with the fate of the world handling, hanging in the strap balance. Strap on our ice blades and skates. Put our... They're called skates. <laughs> no, they're not. In fantasy hockey, <laughs> that's true. They're ice blades. Oh, the terminology. It would be great. Um, get our hand blades, known as knives. Knives, you know, knives. <laughs> ah, the rare throwing hand blade. <laughs> But if you want to see how that game winds up turning out, Annie, where can they find more Crossover Repeal content? You can find all of our Crossover Repeal content at crossoverrepealpodcast.tumblr.com. You can email us with other fantasy hockey terminology at crossoverrepealpodcast at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group, which is Crossover Repeal Podcast, and tell us all about why... Uh, fantasy hockey would be amazing. Absolutely. Um, you can tweet at us with at Crossover Appeal with all of your gifts about fantasy hockey, of which I assume there are many. Yeah. And who's your favorite? Fantasy hockey player? <laughs> I was going to say fantasy hot mom. Who's your favorite fantasy hot mom? <laughs> there you, you, you heard it here first, We're folks. We're going to get a weird crowd this week. Yeah, this is going to be a real fun tweet, Twitter conversation. <laughs> Oh, the hot moms. Well, Annie, for all those hot what would you like all those hot moms to do for us if they enjoy what they're hearing on this podcast? If you are, <laughs> Go on. You can do it. If you're a hot mom uh-huh. or just a hot mess. <laughs> oh god. You can Right. <laughs> this, turned, this turned into a basic cable ad for, hello, if whether you're a hot mom or a hot mess, you can subscribe to us today. <laughs> and rate and review us. Yeah, leave us a rating, why don't you, even though we called you a hot mess. <laughs> no, I feel like a hot mess right now, so there's no judgment here. Oh, no, you're pulling it off wonderfully. Thank you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But in the meantime, to all the hockey players, fantasy folks, and hot moms of the world, we're going to be signing off. Yeah. <laughs> this has been Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. I'm Annie Carty. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly.